0: Hi, this is Antonio with PeoplePowerFarm.com from Northern California. Podcasts, Native Plants Benefit Native Wildlife. By Jeff Cox You know, a couple of decades ago, he wrote Landscaping with Nature. Rodale Press, 1991. A book about gathering inspiration for those home landscaping by going into wild nature and noting what was so exciting and pleasing, and finding ways to bring those inspirations home. I didn't know it at the time, but I only had half the story. The other half is to create those natural home landscapes designed with native plants. There are so many good reasons to do so. The chief among them is the lifeline that native plants throw to native Funa. That's right, Funa. You can look that up online. It's interesting, especially insects and birds. A true champion of this notion is Professor Douglas chairman of the Department of Entomology and Wildlife Ecology at the University of Delaware. You might think we gardeners would value plants for what they do. Instead, we value them for what they look like. Most of us know some of the things that our plants do. Right? They produce oxygen, they build topsoil, they prevent erosion and flooding. They also do they clean our water and shed our houses. But it's their ability to turn sunlight into food for all those earth earth creatures that supremely is important, especially in the context of local ecologies. Last summer, Professor Talamai did a simple experiment. He counted the number of caterpillars on a native white oak in his yard and compared it to the number of caterpillars he found on a nearby ornamental breadfoot pear, an Asian native. I found 410 caterpillars on the white oak comprising of 19 different species. And only one, an inchworm on the breadfoot pear, he said. Why such a huge difference? Native insects have co evolved with native plants. To avoid predations, plants load their tissues with nasty insect repellent chemicals. Huh. But the native insects have developed ways to defang those chemicals using with Enzymes. The breadfruit pear is a relative newcomer, and there are no insects that have yet evolved the ability to eat it, except maybe the inchworm. We will continue this podcast. This is Antonio with PeoplePowerFarm.com Continuation of the Native Plants Benefit Native Wildlife by Jeff Cox. In the past, he says, we thought this was a good thing. After all, Asian ornamentals are planted to look pretty and we certainly don't want insects to eat them. We were happy with our perfect pairs burning bushes, japanese barberries, golden rain trees and all the other foreign ornamentals. Then he pointed out the, edulog- the ecological cost. Excuse me. If you have a pair of nesting chickadees, watch what they bring to the nest to feed their hatchlings, mostly caterpillars, that's right. Watch what they bring to the nest to feed their hatchlings, mostly caterpillars. If you have chickens, take a look at it, see if that works, if that's your scenario. It takes an incredible 6,000 to 9,000 caterpillars to raise one clutch of chickadees. What we plant in our landscapes determine what can live in our landscape. An American yard dominated by Asian ornamentals does not produce nearly the quantity and diversity of insects needed for birds to reproduce. We have 50% fewer birds than 40 years ago and some 230 species of North American birds are at risk of extinction, he said, citing the 2014 State of the Birds report. By the way, Professor Talamai says, you might assume that my oak was rattled with unsightly caterpillar holes, but not so. Since birds eat most of the caterpillars before they get very large, from 10 feet away, the oak looked as perfect as the Redford pear. He adds that since almost all the native insects have specialized relationships with native plants, planting non-native reduces biodiversity. I leave this with you. The article is something you can read. I always will give you something for you to go ahead and study. I study too. We're both in it to win it. You find this article, The Horticulture, the Art of Science of Smart Gardening. You heard it from peoplepowerfarm.com. Thank you again for listening. See you soon. this is antonio with peoplepowerfarm.com good evening i have something to say and i was thinking about this you know when you're getting older and you want to you want to farm you want to grow vegetables but you figure i'm getting older and i don't i don't want to do it and i feel maybe it's Old and do that. Young people can go farm. They got a lot of energy. They can do that stuff. You know, I don't need that much anyway. I'll be okay. It's fine. I'll just go to the store and get my vegetables and just let that go. I'm okay. I'm over 40. Well, I don't want you to feel that way because perhaps. Creating that kind of thought is not good. It's about age appreciation thoughts. Let's get the age appreciation thoughts, behavior corrected. Let's move forward a day at a time. You need to have meaning in your life. Unwritten rules are pretty meaningless. You know, you need to have rules, right? I mean, got to have some kind of direction, what you want to do with your landscape, your front garden, your little garden, even one plant. That's what it takes to begin the process. So over 40, it's okay. You can move on and grow. it's never too late for me now it's something to think about it's never too late that's what I think when I farm when I do small little projects it's never too late for me now whether you're thinking about excuse me changing your career <clears throat> excuse me especially at that age right your relationship status that's right your relationship status your appearance and your achieving and your achieving goals you must have a list probably at this time of your age but remember there's no age limit Just remember that. Redefine your life. This statement is very dangerous because it causes an expiration date if you don't do this. Right? Don't you think so after a while? The expiration date starts to be your clock. Don't let that happen. Okay, then we move on. I will let my partner deal with the money stuff, right? Because you're getting older. Well, don't do that because being an adult is being responsible for your own money your own finances, even when you get older, your education level and your personal professional achievements that you've done. Analyzing your profile. Look at it. You can still do more. Enjoy life. You heard it from peoplepowerfarm.com. This is Antonio with PeoplePowerFarm.com Hey Man it's so hard to farm I got employees But it seems that it's still difficult God I gotta think about this What do I do with so many employees And I gotta get things done Oh boy Who's gonna help me I know what to do In farming, tip of the day, give them a task ticket. That's right, a task ticket. All you got to do is give them some orders on a piece of paper, a card, whatever you got. Make it simple. You can make these up. You can buy something online that makes it simple. That's right, farming a task Ticket, you heard it from peoplepowerfarm.com from Northern California. Hi, this is Antonio with peoplepowerfarm.com. Good evening, it's 946 p.m. In Northern California wine country, I like saying that, <laughs> it's, it's a nice place, what can I tell you, it's what it does to you, you know, it makes you feel just like wine, you know. the taste of wine, the smell, and the taste, you gotta have it, you know? there's so much wine in Northern California. it's like a candy store for wine, you just never run out, But <laughs> that's alright, back to uh, why I'm here, huh? let me tell you about myself. It's good to know who's on the other side of the mic. Right? Mike, one, two, one, two. (laughs) That's the whole thing they did in New York City. That's where I'm from. New York City, the Big Apple. Yes, the Big Apple. Have you been there? If you haven't been there, you should go. It's a place to visit. It's a place to live to. Uh, Just like anywhere else. It's not cheap, but listen, you can find deals anywhere you go, right? If you want to do something, sometimes it can't be done. But back to me so I grew up there I grew up in New York It was lots of fun with the good schools tried my best the rest was history so I grew up there and got into uh, before I got into work let me tell you what I did as a young guy uh, my parents and they uh, had friends that had a company there were two lawyers one was a New York attorney the other one was a New Jersey attorney. I think he was taking the bar at the time. And the, the name of the company was Voloka Trucking. It was a Spanish company that uh, provided free lunch for New York City in the Bronx. I think just the Bronx. I think Yonkers too. And we gave out free food. But that was such a great experience. Giving food for free. and I mean, good food. I mean, for where it's worth, right? Uh, it was a great feeling to give is a great feeling let me tell you this is why i'm doing this podcast this is why i do this whole series of podcasts is to give to you guys you know i don't want nothing back I just it's part of my schooling it's part of what i want to do and i'll just hopefully pass it on to you so so i uh, uh did that that was a good experience so i grew up, I grew up, I grew up Got into uh, sales, and I did some sales, did some peddling in New York as a young man. I worked with an African gentleman that was a very good salesman, and he taught me how to sell. Yes, in New York City, 34th Street, 42nd Street, 5th Avenue, Madison, you name it, I was there. It was just like Hollywood for me. I was a star of the show. Let me tell you, I had great merchandise. So I did that, and I moved on, and then uh, my life moved on, I went to, Well, before I went to Bakersfield, New York to biggest. Part. I got the construction learned that in New York, worked in skyscrapers. I worked as a tunnel uh, tunnel guy, which was they a, call him wow, what's the name of it? A uh, handhog, not a handhog. <laughs> not, not that. I forgot the name. It's a uh, it's a union job. I did that. So uh, built tunnels, like a big sewer tunnel. You got to go underneath. You know, it's compressed air. You got to go through a chamber. You got to decompress and compress. You know. Interesting story. Uh, I did that and then I uh, transferred all the way to California through the Union and worked for Granite Construction. A very big company here in California. They're still around. you probably see them if you're from California. I worked for them at the Edwards Air Force Base in uh, I think it's Modesto. Mojave Desert. Boy, is it hot in Mojave. Boy, I've never seen the desert. But I was a young guy. like I was 22 years old, so you can imagine, right? Boy, I loved it here. I still do. That's why I'm still here. But moved on, worked for uh, Granite, and then got out of that. And you know, I want to make this short and brief video. Then I worked for Halliburton uh, Oil Fill Service Company. Did that for a while. Uh, you know what that can be like, right? And then I moved on to be a mechanic and did that for a while. And came to San Francisco and decided to be a service tech, a computer service tech. And, stories told, I still do that work. I'm uh, learning how to program. And learning media and photography as part of what I do. This is why we're doing this. Also, I like to give you good content. Hopefully, we'll contact each other and we'll figure things out. Uh, and uh, I'll give you the number next time on the next podcast. I'll give you the full number. You can call, leave a message, and get back to me. Okay? You take care. Thank you for listening to peoplepowerfarm.com.